Hello again, Dick Foth. With Foth and Friends Stories from the Road. And I want to do this podcast in two uh, parts, really disconnected from each other, but one having to do with the calendar, March, and the other having to do with our continued look at the love chapter in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 13, on what, what is love like? But let me just jump into that first part. The wind's blowing pretty steadily out here, outside my office as I'm recording this this day. It was probably howling a bit more than that back in the fifth century when an Irish ship beat against the waves along the western coast of Great Britain. And I'm reading some thoughts from a history book. On the far edge of the crumbling Roman Empire, a band of Irish marauders crept into a secluded cove and raided the village of Banavem Tabernae. Among the plunder captured by the band of warriors dispatched by Ireland's King Niall, among the hostages was a 16-year-old boy named Sukkot. Though brought to Ireland against his will, the teenager would go on to become Ireland's patron saint, St. Patrick. This is St. Patrick's Day week. And uh, he may have been a foreigner who arrived in Ireland in the hold of a pagan king's slave ship, but he would become synonymous with the island itself. We don't know much about Patrick, except that he was a young boy, uh, born into a well-to-do family around 386 AD, and grew up along Great Britain's western coast, likely probably in Wales. And uh, it was part of the Roman Empire at the time. His father, apparently, was a Christian deacon and a minor Roman official, and his grandfather was a priest. The, the raid that took him away from his home in Wales at 16, not unusual for that time in history. In the early 400s and other times, the Irish were feared for their pirating, their raiding along the western coast of um, England, Great Britain. And uh, people were enslaved. The, the young men were taken to, to herd animals and the Women were taking to serve the people that took them. And so it ended up that uh, Patrick was in Ireland for six years, apparently in the north in County Antrim. And there he herded sheep and learned some of the customs of the people. But his isolation, apparently, uh, encouraged his faith. His, his only companions, I guess, were the flock of sheep and this faith that he had, his faith came alive in this time. And amid that desolation, uh, his prayer life blossomed, apparently. And he said at some points he prayed up to 100 times a day. And then he goes on in his own biography. It's called the Confessio. Uh, about six years into his captivity, an angel appeared in a dream and told him, you have fasted well, very soon you'll return to your native country. And the angel told him of a ship leaving Ireland, and the young man walked across Ireland, a couple hundred miles of peat bogs and forests, before arriving in a port, possibly in the south toward Wexford, found a cargo ship bound for the European continent. Uh, long story short, he got back home, and his, uh, his parents really wanted him to stay there. 
his parents begged him to never leave them again, but the religious visions returned because he had had these dreams and visions apparently while he was in Ireland. And one time he heard the voice of the Irish call out, we beg you, holy boy, to come and walk again among us. So after a period of training, he became a deacon around 418, and then in 432 AD, he was consecrated as a bishop and given the name Patricius, which I think means father. And so many formerly enslaved people, of course, would never go back to the place where they were, but he asked for an assignment as a missionary to Ireland. And when he returned to the pagan island, he tended to a different type of flock, as you can appreciate. Patrick's knowledge, his knowledge of Ireland and its language and customs facilitated his work in converting and baptizing Druid priests, chieftains, and aristocrats, apparently by the thousands. Before he died on March 17th, 461 AD. You know, it's, it's interesting because when we think about St. Patrick's Day, or as some people say, St. Patty's Day, uh, here is a person who became came to be revered as the patron saint of Ireland, although he's not officially a saint within the Roman Catholic system. But the official feast day in the Catholic Church of St. Patrick is in Ireland is March 17, and that's why it's always celebrated on that day. If you live in Ireland, you get up and you go to church, apparently, and then you have a celebration later. Uh, apart from that, uh, it's celebrated by partying here in the United States. So, and this started way back in George Washington's troop, who were Irish at the time, marched up Broadway on the 17th of March. And ever since that time in the 1700s, they've been celebrating St. Patrick's Day. Uh, here in this country. So especially if you're in New York, Boston, Chicago, Savannah, even in Denver, they what they have in common is parties. So in Ireland, you have church first, then a party. But <laughs> it's, it's amazing to hear the story of a young boy who could have essentially seen his life as a tragedy framed in that way, but in the midst of his pain and suffering, uh, he is called back to that place, and uh, there were generations of people affected by him during those years. So that is the first part of the podcast. We'll just have a little music. I'll come back with the next part. So we're looking at love and the definition of love found in the first letter to the church in Greece, in Corinth, by the Apostle Paul. And this is how he started it. He said, love is patient, love is kind. And then we get to the third phrase, and he tells us what love isn't. Love is not jealous. I have a friend, Steve Moore, who for many years has been a speechwriter in Washington, D.C., written for senators, been involved in the political community in lots of different ways. And he, he has great insights into a lot of things biblical. And he writes this, Jesus made it so clear that love is what makes a human a person in God's eyes. So God's love is what makes me who I am. And my love for God, a neighbor, fulfills my God-created purpose. So... 
Paul does us all a tremendous uh, service in 1 Corinthians 13 when he talks about this kind of love. Corinth, as Steve puts it, was the site for the empire-wide public speaking Super Bowl. It was a town that appreciated skill in stringing words together in a powerful, memorable way. And Paul could have entered with this paragraph, this first paragraph, and one hands down. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous. And on we go. So what love does not do is be jealous or envious. I was thinking about this and thinking, can we describe um, qualities of folks with color? And, and of course we do, don't we? Red is angry or purple with rage or a coward is yellow or I'm in a black mood or a sad person has the blues. There's this uh, English fellow named Shakespeare who's known to have made a connection between the color green and jealousy. In his play Othello, one character, Iago, warns another man, Othello, beware my lord of jealousy. It is the green-eyed monster which doth mock the meat it feeds on. There are a couple of different ideas around jealousy, or there's actually sort of a trilogy of words. One is covet, you know, covetousness or to covet somebody else or somebody else's property. Covet means to desire intensely. Jealousy is I want what you have. Envy is I don't want you to have what you have. So it's, it's, it's sort of a slicing and dicing of this idea that there's something that somebody else has or in some other place, and I either want that, it could be a person, it could be stuff, it could be position, but jealousy is, I want what you have. Envy, which is, you know, like a sibling, I, I don't want you to have what you have. Whatever it is, jealousy and envy and covetousness, it's a bad deal. That's not the road we want to go down. Jealousy and envy are, are these destructive emotions that can destroy any kind of relationship. I mean, when envy or jealousy creeps into a relationship, it creates friction, opens a gate to all kinds of things, distrust, insecurities. Um, somebody has written it this way, do not be jealous of others or resent persons based on their accomplishments or achievements. God has ordained each of us with special gifts, and we can make our contribution in this world in our own unique way. So here's the upside of it. Here's the way to approach things. Celebrate each other's accomplishments. Do not entertain toxic thoughts that can ruin your emotional and physical health. So when somebody achieves, when somebody has something you don't have, celebrate that, be grateful for that. This is how a writer of Proverbs says it, in Proverbs 14.30, this is a powerful line. A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. Let me say that one again. A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. Well, how's that for a thought? So let's be grateful this St. Patrick's week for who we have and what we have 
There's no room for jealousy. Gratitude kicks jealousy or envy or covetousness right in the teeth. Well, that's it for now. Let's celebrate the life that we have and not be envious of somebody else's. I'll catch you later. This is Dick Foth signing off. Bye-bye.